0: Okay, guys, very welcome back to the show today. I've got a very, very special guest on the show today, Miss Brittany Brown. She's been trained by the best and worked with some of the best. and It's an absolute pleasure to have her on the show today. How are you doing, Brittany?
1: Great. How are you doing today?
0: Doing good. Making, making history tonight. First time on an Irish podcast, so we'll just say we're making history.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Happy to have you on. Look, the question I kind of ask everyone to start this thing is, it's interesting, particularly because you're a female as well, and when you started in the business, how did you decide that you wanted to be a wrestler?
1: You know, I was a fan as a little girl. I loved watching it on television, and I absolutely thought the Fabulous Moolah was the best. Such a great bad guy, right? Because that's all I knew. It was called then. Um, But that's what I wanted to be. Um, Never really thought I'd do it, but I ended up doing it. So surprise, surprise.
0: (laughs) And you, you mentioned Mula there, of course. You ended up being trained by her. So how did that process begin or how did you get to that point?
1: So I actually found her phone number. I looked up her phone number and I didn't really think it was going to be her when I called, but it was her that answered the phone. And I told her who I was and where I was from and, you know, gave her a little information about myself and said that I would really like to come there and train. Um, So we ended up corresponding. This was back in the mid 80s early to mid eighties. We ended up corresponding via snail mail, which is all there was obviously. Um, And my father and I flew to South Carolina from Massachusetts and I enrolled as a student. So then I started going there every Friday night after work um, and flying back home on Sunday nights. So I could be back for work on Monday. I did that for, quite a while and it was brutal
0: (laughs) uh did you have any prior experience in the ring before going to Mula? no
1: nothing at all nothing
0: so can you explain kind of what the what the training was like then over weekends before you went back into work
1: oh sure yeah so the um The first weekend was the most difficult. Um, After the first day, I didn't know how I was going to get out of bed. I could barely move. My body was so sore and I was 21. Um, So, you know, never felt like this in my life, but I literally cried and had to hold on to the headboard to get myself out of bed, to go to the second day of training. Um, The, the brand new people were trained by Donna Cristinello and the, uh, vet, you know, veterans, people with more experience in the business were being trained by Judy Martin, uh, at the time that I was there. And so I was being trained by Donna Cristinello and I had, you know, very one-on-one training and Moolah came out a few times, um, you know, at least, two or three times every weekend. And, you know, there were some other girls there. And I shared a a cottage with three other girls. And there were quite a few girls there at the same time that I was. Um, One of the girls was Heidi Lee Morgan that was in my cottage. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, it, it was some tough training. My body really had to get used to that.
0: And What what was it about the training and the sacrifice you kind of put yourself through that you you just wanted to power on and continue with it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I got used to it quick. My body got used to it quickly. Um, And I actually looked forward to going there every Friday night. I loved it. Um, You know, they say that once it's in your blood, that it's really in your blood. And it's so true. So true, and I wrestled for 28 years.
0: Yeah, what was what was your your family's reaction to you wanting to go into this kind of business? Was there any hesitation at the start?
1: Well, my father loved it. Um, he actually, in 28 years, never missed a match. No matter where it was, no matter what country it was in, what city, what state, it doesn't matter. He never missed a match. My mother, on the other hand, was very unhappy. Um, she went to my first match, and she cried, and <laughs> I was a heel, so she didn't like that. Um, I was getting <laughs> booed. I was getting stuff thrown at me, and she didn't like that at all, so uh, she went to that. She also went to um, the first time I won a belt, and she she didn't cry that night, even though I was still a heel, um, but I guess she was used to it by then because I was in the business a couple years at that time. And uh, then she came to a, a local show that was just one town away from where I grew up. She came to that. So only three times in 28 years, um, but dad never missed a match. So he was he was 100% on board, but uh, n- not so much anybody else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's good even to have that one person of support in your family, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Definitely. It was awesome. Traveling with him was awesome. Uh, and, you know, all the, the guys and girls that I traveled with got to know him. And, you know, he was like part of the package. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did did he feel like maybe he had to kind of protect you in such a male dominated business? Was that maybe part of his thinking as well?
1: You know, I think it probably was. Um, he never said that, though. He never said that. Yeah uh but I, I I'm the youngest and yeah I'm, I was a daddy's girl so I I think so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah what what was it like kind of being in those dressing rooms in the 80s for example with kind of I suppose kayfabe was alive and well it was a kind of a male dominated business it was hard for for ladies to come in and try and make it wasn't it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the good thing about the area that I was in and the time that I was in the area is that there wasn't a whole lot of girls. So I worked a lot. I work every weekend, you know, anywhere between two and three, maybe even four times I worked on a weekend. You know, I would do like a Friday, Saturday and a double shot on Sunday sometimes. So, I mean, I, I could be anywhere. I, I, basically had two full-time jobs for all those years it was awesome though and a lot of people
0: that are yeah a lot of people now that are involved in independent wrestling as well it'd be the same they got their their to fives Monday to Friday and then they're going out there kind of busting their bodies trying to get that call to the big time aren't they yeah
1: well that was something I was never really interested in I I didn't want to Quit my job. I wanted that security for the rest of my life, which I I still work in that same job today. Um, so many years ago, but I do. I still do the same job, and I still love it. And the security of it is what I did not want to not have. Um, you know, to me, going from organization to organization and having to pay your own travel back then um you know it just I made more money at my day job than I could have made as a full-time wrestler so I said no I'm not going to do that I'll do it on the side and that's all I wanted to do so it was it was pretty awesome it worked out well
0: yeah yeah that's excellent and you were obviously trained by Killer Kowalski as well so if you look at like two people to train you for example Moola and Killer Kowalski you know you can't really ask for much more than that so how did that opportunity come about?
1: Oh that that was really really a strange opportunity. Um what happened was it um you know like I said I flew myself in on Friday night and it was $99 round trip. So 400 bucks a month. So when the airfares tripled I said oh boy I can't do this anymore because it was It became $300 a weekend. And I was like, I can't do that. I lived on my own since I was 16, you know, and I had my own apartment and everything. I didn't have any roommates. So there was nobody sharing the cost. So I was just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. What am I going to do? And I just happened to be at an auto body shop one day getting my Mustang worked on. And Tony Santos was there and he saw my height when I got out of the car and he looked at me. Did not know who I was, didn't know I had anything to do with wrestling and said to me, wow, look at the size of you. You should be a lady wrestler. And I looked at him not knowing who he was. And I said, well, that's funny because I go to the Fabulous Moolahs right now. Who are you? And he introduced himself. And, you know, I told him the situation and he said, oh, you got to come with me to Killer Kowalski's. It's right outside of Boston. And at that point, I had never even known about it. So I went. And um, then I ended up, after a couple of months, I ended up um, leaving Moolah's and going full-time to Walters, which was great. And, you know, I appreciate everything both of them did. I couldn't have asked for two better trainers, actually three, because Donna was the main trainer. And she was amazing, amazing.
0: Yeah. If you could take like one thing that you learned that the uh, maybe the most important thing you learned from each each school what would it be
1: You know both schools taught you that the most important thing is to protect yourself and protect your opponent and yeah you know to this day I don't want to I would not want to get in the ring with somebody that does not know how to protect me because that's how you get a really bad injury, and you know, if if I don't feel comfortable with somebody in the ring, I don't want to work with them. And and there are a lot of people out there that won't work with other people because they're too green. They just won't. And that's the thing that I learned from everybody that trained me is, you know, that is key, 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 key to know how to protect yourself and protect your opponent. And, of course, yeah. then from there you got to learn how to fall so that it doesn't hurt you like it hurt me that first weekend.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, sorry, there's just a question in here. Do you feel Fabulous Moolah's training tactics would work in today's industry when it comes to training young female talent? That's from Johnny.
1: Absolutely. To be honest honest with you, I wish there were more of her students that were training. I wish Judy Martin was still training. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Leilani Kai is still training uh, training people, but I would like to see more of Walter's way and the fabulous Moolah's way of training people. I think there would be a lot less injuries in the business if, you know, that were the case. Yes.
0: Yeah. Are you still doing any training yourself? Because I know you are doing wrestling training. Is that something you're still doing or is that off the table now?
1: Um, you know, I would not be opposed to it, but I haven't done it for about five years. I was uh, I trained a few people up until about five years ago. And there was a guy in Connecticut that ran a small federation that that every year Um, asked me if I'd come out there, um, um, you know, summer evenings and weekends and, you know, with COVID going to do.
0: Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I just heard you up until when you said COVID and then it just kind of stopped. Sorry for that.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was going to train girls for him in Connecticut on the weekends and weeknights. And once COVID happened, that just it just never happened from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like you, you touched on injuries beforehand and like how easy it is to if you're not careful to become injured. Like I was reading online that you had a serious neck injury as well. Is that true? And if so, how did that come about?
1: Yeah, that is true. That actually happened in training at Kowalski's. Um, there was a girl that I was regularly training with, a veteran named Cookie, uh female at Walters. And she was amazing uh, at protecting herself and especially others. My gosh, she was the best in the business. And um, she went to Japan for three weeks and wrestled in Japan. And I wouldn't work with the guys. I was still new and green and I didn't want to work with the guys. And there was a new girl there. And, um, you know, I I did a little bit of work with her, but I wasn't really comfortable with her at all. I felt like she was way too new and, um, you know, locking up and rolling around on the mats and bouncing off the ropes. That's one thing. But giving someone a pile driver or a sunset flip in my case. I wasn't comfortable with. Um, I didn't think she knew enough to protect me. And Walter told me to do it anyways. And I told him I wasn't comfortable with it. So we had an argument for like five or 10 minutes. And obviously he won because I got pile driven into um, a gym mat and broke my neck. Wow. So, yeah, I should have gone with my instinct because I just did not feel comfortable. I didn't want to do it. I argued with him and, you know, he being as tough as he was and a good trainer that he was, he always wants to push people and, you know, never say no, never say you can't do it and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, taking that into consideration, I just said, well, you know, he, he knows best. He's the one with the experience, not me. So I did it. And unfortunately, my instincts were right. And and that's what happened. So I was out for three years.
0: What was his reaction like when when that happened?
1: Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, I I blacked out and I was on the mat and I woke up to him slapping my face and tears rolling down my face. And he was just, you know, yeah yelling my name, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. Oh my God. You know, so he, he felt really, really bad. And, you know, I felt bad for him actually. Um, but I felt worse for myself because it was, it was a lot of pain, a big impact on my life. Um, and you know, a really bad injury to have. And to this day, I still have issues with my neck because of it.
0: Is that obviously the worst injury you've ever gotten then in the ring? Yes.
1: Yes. The only other thing I really had happen to me was I blew my elbow out once and that was really, really bad. I mean, it it literally instantly turned like seven different colors. And when I looked at it, I started to pass out. (laughs) It was that bad. So, yeah, that was in the middle of a live show when that happened. So, (laughs) yeah, that was a little tough. But other than that, you know, just bumps and bruises and, you know, that that was it. Nothing bad. So I, I was fortunate um, after I got back for the remaining 25 years that I wrestled. Um, I was very fortunate that only the elbow injury. Yeah.
0: Do you keep in, in touch with the current product at all? Or is there anything that you watch still? Or are you kind of just isolated from the business now And any way?
1: Um, I actually watch AEW regularly. And, you know, it's funny when it first came out, I just kind of was like, no, I'm not interested. And I was so done with WWE's product at that time, you know, when they were doing the divas and everybody was just TNA and minuscule gear. I was just never watched it. Um, But AEW, you know, a lot of people in the business that I'm friends with, you know, they said, oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. It's It's great. It's great. It's great. So I finally started watching. It. they were probably on about maybe two or three months at the time so I finally started watching it and I was really happy with it and I'm even them are very well trained and do a great job Um there were a few that I think they let in there way too soon but other than that no AEW is all I watch
0: yeah, and they, they're massive over here, obviously, in Ireland and in the UK, doing 70-plus thousand in Wembley a couple of weeks ago, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that,
1: yeah. Was, that, that was quite impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially because they didn't announce any matches until the week before or something like that, and there was already 70,000 tickets sold, which is a bit crazy.
1: Yeah, that's great, though. Great for the business. Really great.
0: Yeah. Was there ever an opportunity for you to go to WWE or was that something that you ever considered or had an option to do?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was asked asked a couple of different times. Um, I was asked to go and actually Walter is the one that told me not to go. And, you know, I did ask him, I said, you know, why? Why do you say that? And he said, one, because they're going to want you to quit your job and you don't wanna do that. And secondly, the gear that you wear, you've made it very clear that you're not willing to change that gear. And I said, that is correct. And he said, they're not gonna allow what you wear. And I wore full body unitards and I had like 18 different ones and I was not willing to change that um, because another league tried to get me to change it. And I said, no. Um, And I was offered a contract from WCW um, I worked for them briefly and I was offered a contract and, of course, they wanted me to be on the road full time as well. So I didn't do that because I, I didn't want to leave my job.
0: <laughs> yeah. And looking, looking back from now, you don't have any regrets then about not taking those jobs?
1: Nope. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I did way more than I ever expected to in this business.
0: Yeah, that's a question here from Mike D. Thoughts on Miss Elizabeth passing away?
1: Oh my goodness. So, so sad. Um, Especially the way it happened. Um, She was probably one of the nicest people I ever met in the business. Um, Very, very sweet person, and I'm just so sad and so sorry that that happened to her. Um, You know, Had I known what she was going through, I would have reached out to her and tried to get her out of that situation. But it was not something that was well publicized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How did it feel to be inducted into the Cauliflower Alley Club in 1994? I believe you were one of, if not the first woman to be inducted.
1: Oh, that was amazing. Um, I honestly felt like I wasn't worthy because I was on stage getting inducted with Gorilla Monsoon and Pedro Morales. And I just looked to my right and to my left and I'm like, I can't believe this. This is amazing. It was the biggest thrill. And, you know, my dad was right there. My sister came. A couple of really close friends came. It was just Amazing. Amazing. But of course, my mother didn't go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and The, the 2013 um, New England uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame as well, which is a, lo- a, lot of, a lot of big superstars, including yourself, are inducted into that. How to feel to go into that one? I think uh, it was the same yeah. year as who was in your year. There's a few big names that as well. I've seen the list earlier.
1: Yeah, that was really, really great. It was so nice seeing everyone there. And it was local, which which was really cool. Um, And I had two of my best friends induct me. So that was really cool. And then just last year, I got the Lifetime Achievement Award from the ISPW, Tommy Fierro in New Jersey. And I drove down there for that. And that, that was amazing as well. And for him to think of me after all those years and, and, you know, induct me was really, really, really cool. I loved it. And I'm so honored.
0: It's it's nice to get recognition, isn't it, for putting all the, the hard years of work in as well, isn't it?
1: It absolutely is. I don't think a lot of people realize what it does to you, what it does to your body. And, you know, how like the course of your life may be a little bit different than the way you plan. Like, I you know, I'm I'm not married. I don't have any children, anything like that. You know, and I don't know. You know, maybe if I didn't wrestle, maybe I'd have children and grandchildren by now. I don't know, but um, you know, that's what I wanted to do, so I did it. And I look back, and I wouldn't change anything other than the broken neck and the uh, the blown out elbow. I wouldn't change anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 absolutely fair look, when, when you look back on your career. Is there any particular moment or moments that stand out?
1: You know, the getting inducted to all those Hall of Fames, and I was also inducted into the LIWA by uh, Mae Young and Moola. Um, I was in their Hall of Fame also. That was amazing. I remember Stu Hart and Helen Hart being there then, and there was so Pat Patterson was there. Everybody was there. And it's just like, you know, schmoozing with those people is just, It was so awesome, you know, and wrestling all the girls that I got to wrestle, all the, you know, great people, Wendy Richter, Judy Martin, Leilani Kai, Heidi Lee Morgan, um, you know, Brandy Alexander, all the great girls that I got to work with. And, you know, to be basically practically trained by not only Killa Kowalski, but also Cookie, his top girl, who was I mean, the probably one of the best lady wrestlers I've ever worked with, along with Judy, you know, Judy Martin and Leilani Kai, who were also great. And Brandy Alexander and Rosebud, also known as Shelly Francis in the LPWA. You know, I was just so honored to be working with such great girls. Really, I was.
0: Yeah, you worked with um, Ivory as well, who went on to do massive things in WWF and she went on to get inducted into WWF Hall of Fame. What was your experience like with her? She had a great career as well.
1: Yes, she did. Yeah, she, no, she was an amazing person. She was so fun to work with and uh, just uh, the best personality. And, you know, I was so happy to see her go on with what she did because that's what she wanted, you know, and there's so few people that get what they want in this business. And and she did, and she probably got more than she ever expected, you know, um, but she deserves every bit of it. She worked very, very hard and, and, and had a great, great personality to go along
0: with it. So kudos to her. <laughs> yeah. Do you get to do many of these fan conventions and things like that?
1: No, I've never done one. I have never ever done one. I love doing podcasts, which is great. Um, and I do them probably three or four times a month. Look forward to every one of them. And I really like doing them. I I didn't at first. I thought it was weird, but once it became, you know, more popular and everything, yeah. great, love it. But I've never done a fan fest ever.
0: So if someone is watching, you could have a, a first time ever. Here's a here's a yeah. regular of the show. Here's a regular of the show I'm going to put in uh, some, some nice questions. Hi, Morris. Hi, Brittany. Two questions. Brittany, your toughest opponent and your favorite mm. territories. Thank you.
1: So, yeah. My toughest opponent was Wendy Richter. Um, she was quite stiff. Quite, quite stiff. Um, much different than anyone else I ever worked with. Um that was definitely my toughest opponent and the best territory for me. And it was New England. I mean, that's where I worked almost all the time. You know, Mass, New Hampshire, Maine, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Jersey, New York. Just great, great promoters and great territories. And, you know, worked a few times in Canada. That was fun. Um, pretty much been everywhere, you know, worked in Vegas a lot. But my favorite territory is definitely New England.
0: I got a question for you. What's the funniest thing you've ever seen backstage at a wrestling shop?
1: Well, you know, the funniest thing that I've ever seen was not being ready for your match because you were told you're fifth and you're really second and you haven't even laced your boots up. That was the funniest thing that's ever happened. But in my day, women and men did not share locker rooms in the independents. So there was only yeah. two girls, and if there was a female referee, which we had every now and then, there would be three girls in the locker room. So there's not a whole lot going on in that locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Did you did you get to
1: you work
0: know, with but, Rita Marie Chatterton? Uh, yeah, there, the there,
1: there was one occurrence where the the two of us pretty much were flipping out because my. I never did. I never did. We just became Facebook friends, actually, you know, and I'd love to meet her someday. But, yeah, no, I never never worked with her.
0: Yeah, because female referees, that's why I asked, weren't overly common back then either, weren't they? Not?
1: Right. Well, actually, the, the girl uh, that I've mentioned a couple times, uh, Cookie from Kowalski's <laughs> League and School, she became a female referee, and she was um, – quite active in it for quite a while. And back when I promoted um, with my former husband, um, we used her quite a bit, actually.
0: Cool. Uh, the Guardian of Chaos is in again. Any funny stories about Walter or Tony Rumble? Or road stories of oh, the Oh
1: Lord, I'll tell you a funny story about Walter. At his first school, it was on the third floor of a young men's Christian Union, YMCU, in Boston, in a very bad area. And the other part of the third floor was a soup kitchen. So there wow. were some, you know homeless people <laughs> uh, lurking around. And um, there was a woman, who her name was Laurie. And she was a regular person that came to the soup kitchen and she was not quite all there mentally and a very nice woman, older woman, but she actually came in and ran towards Walter and straddled him and tried to pull his wig off. (laughs) Yeah. This happened at a, a training class. There was probably 12 people there. And I thought he was going to kill her. Uh, I felt really bad for her. (laughs) She made a big mistake. So that's probably the funniest thing that ever happened with Walter. There's a lot of stories with Walter. Um, As far as Tony Rumble goes, I never worked for him. Um, I didn't really know him at all. He uh, booked me once. And I showed up and found out that I was booked against a ring rat. So I left. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that, that didn't work out.
0: That, that's, <laughs> so that's, yeah. that, that's back to the point about being green again.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this was a completely untrained girl. And, and um, I just wasn't going to get in the ring at all. And, you know, what's really sad is that I could have been wrestling in, in Pennsylvania that night. And I took the local booking because he came to me first. But I was pretty disappointed when I got there. And of course, he he didn't pay me, obviously, because I didn't work. Um, And then, you know, he tried to book me again. And he didn't want to pay what I was getting, which was very reasonable. Um, He told me that he will just get a few strippers for $20 each so um yeah yep so that's what he thought about women wrestling yeah
0: what was that conversation like then when you got there and you they were saying you were going to fight this raptor what was the kind of conversation behind it did you you asked obviously who you're going to be working with what what kind of way did the conversation go
1: yeah, I just went up to him and I said, who's my opponent? Because I saw the girl there, never dreamed it was going to be her. And he told me who it was. And I said, absolutely not. You don't have a trained wrestler for me to work with. And, you know, like I said, he had absolutely no respect for women's wrestling whatsoever. So um, I just said, well, you don't have an opponent for me. See ya. And I walked
0: out. That's
1: a crazy that story. It quick and easy yeah and 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 you know honestly he could have cared less that i left it wasn't a big deal to him he didn't care mm-hmm. so did you get that any, was a very get, bad bad thing
0: <laughs> was were, were experiences like that few and far between for you in the business then or was it like the majority of you you had a good time and dealt with professional people
1: Yeah, he was actually the only promoter that ever treated women like that, that I ever came in contact with. Everybody else treated us actually better because we were so, like I said, back in those days, there were so few women they were lucky to get to, you know. They used to let me pick my own opponent because they didn't even know any other girls. So it's like they would call me and I would call and get my opponent, and we'd usually either travel together or meet there or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I, I didn't run into that with any other promoter but him. Thank well,
0: goodness. Guardian Chaos said again, "Who do you uh, who do you like currently, and can work and that can work in AEW? We touched on AEW earlier, but we didn't mention any names."
1: Um, you know, I, I really think Britt Baker is excellent. I, I think her whole character is awesome. The way she does it. Um, the gimmick is great. Her work, I find very, very good. Um, I did like Jade Cargill and I was very unhappy to hear that she left. Um, I liked Serena Deeb. I don't know where she is now. Um, Um, you know, and there's a couple on there that, and I won't mention any names, but I'm very disappointed because I don't, they should be in the ring yet and they're getting a push and they're making mistakes live on camera. And it's just not good for the whole women's division. I think they should stick with people that know what they're doing and, you know, are, are well-trained and not so green, but, um, yeah, I like, Brit, probably the the best. I think she's the best worker they have.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the the problems from AW are kind of maybe well-documented too much on the internet now from comparisons to old WCW and maybe guys run the show, wrestlers run the show, calling the shots and stuff like that. So I think it's going to take a while for them to maybe get to the next level until those problems are ironed out, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I'm really glad that that Saraya is there. Um, I, I I would like to see her wrestling more. I think she's really, really good. Um and um, you know, that's probably about it. Everybody else is, you know, there's a few other girls that are really, really good. Um, but the ones that stand out are definitely the ones that I mentioned.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, in closing then, if people kind of wanna follow what you're doing on social media and stuff. Where's the best place to catch up with you?
1: Oh, I'm very active on Facebook. So I am there. And if you ever want to get in contact with me or just say hello or, you know, whatever, that is where I am. Brittany Brown on Facebook.
0: (laughs) And we'll, we'll close out with this, this comment from the Guardian of Chaos. I find your knowledge and candor very refreshing I think he's trying to make I up for asking thank you you very the, the Tony. Much. I think he's trying to make up for asking the Tony Rumble question now.
1: Oh no, don't be ridiculous. No, it's good because there's good and bad in everything. And so, you know, you you can't just sit there and say everything went great for twenty eight years because it didn't. So, <laughs> you know, luckily, like you said, it was few and far between. So, um, no, and I'm I'm very honest and um, you know. I don't pull any punches, and I think that's what got me by in this business for so long.
0: Excellent. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with you today, and look, best to look with everything in the future. And who knows? We may see you somewhere again soon, training.
1: Hey, you never know, right? Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Same as. Thanks a million.
1: Okay, thank you.